That classic golfing music from the BBC. It does not have to be relevant. Okay, it's break tradition. Can you do a piece of golfing music? People do not do that when they're watching golf. Okay, well, thank you for the sound of one hand clapping. Oh, oh good callback. Right, no, but none of the, these aren't callbacks because we haven't yet established any of this. Okay. Anyway, I'm, welcome to Digest My Shorts. Where we're going to watch every episode of The Simpsons until we cannot be bothered. My name is Dan. And I am Alistair. And we just watch The Dead Putting Society. The worst pun of the. It's not really even a pun. It's obviously dead, pu- dead punning society. Yeah, quite. It's obviously dead poet society. But oh, no. Um, in twenty seconds, would you like to describe what happened? Homer and Flanders get in a bit of a bit of a tussle, and mm-hmm. end up pitching each other, sun against each other in a miniature golf contest. Mm-hmm. Both sons feel like silly and give up at the end and call it a draw. Well, you're getting more and more succinct at those, um, which means you're just missing out on more and more detail. For instance, like the fact that um, the, the, the comparison I think with Dead Poets Society is that in both cases, Lisa taught the respective people, um, Robin Williams and in this case Bart, how to um, be Zen. One, I don't know. I thought it was more of a karate kid reference. Yes. Oh, yes, it was. Yeah. yeah. Uh, but yes, she she teaches him the geometry of cutting and how to do it. Don't tell anyone this. Okay. And this includes you you guys at home. Mm-hmm. I've never seen Dead Poets Society. No, I haven't. I think I've only seen clips of it. Uh, or at least now I struggle to remember enough of it to mm-hmm. make that reference that I just made. Uh, I think I have seen it, but I don't remember it. It's got Robin Williams in it. I think it's legit. I think it's like the History Boys, but American. I've never seen the history boys. <laughs> okay, let's move, let's move on. Did you at least see today's episode of The Simpsons? I did see okay. today's episode of The Brilliant. Simpsons. And, more to the point, I enjoyed it. Mm-hmm. Especially after the duds. That was last episode. Well, I wouldn't say the last episode was a dud, but halfway through when you said this is a better version of last week's episode, I had to concede that. But, don't tell anyone this, but I don't know what crabgrass is. Don't tell anyone this, but I don't know either. Um, that's one of the early disagreements, is that um, uh, Flanders is, is pointing out that there's crabgrass in Homer's garden. And if it is anything like when I think of grass in a park, I think of it as a, a multitude of different types of plant in it. I think it's probably, it is rude for someone to lean over your fence and say, you know, you haven't got a perfect lawn. Well, maybe that's just me. Smug Flanders. Although, uh, maybe I'm getting old. I realised Flanders is a nice guy and I liked him. I liked Flanders too. <laughs> um, he he, didn't, he didn't irritate me. But I think that might be... This was... It was a quite, quite a well-written episode. Mm. It's not like um, when the Flanders is, is... No, when the Simpson kids they get taken into care. The Flanders is, is, are obviously... I don't know what phrase is. Milk toasts? You know, they are 
snowflakes. Mm. I think this was the intentionally irritating. This is the first, the first reference to their Christianity that I noticed. But which which thing did you notice? Oh, well, we well, were, we're praying. <laughs> <laughs> well, he rings up um, Reverend Lovejoy. Reverend Lovejoy, because he he gets angry with Homer being rude to him in his rec room, which is this amazing space. The rumpus room. The rumpus room. And says, I'm going to have to ask you to leave. And then wakes up in the middle of the night, feeling bad about it, and rings Reverend Lovejoy. Um, oh, he probably stepped on a worm. <laughs> which was the, uh, your favourite gag, I presume? Um, no. Okay, well, Second okay. Favorite. to continue that then. And um, then Flanders uh, quotes um, Matthew 19, 19, and Reverend Love Jones goes, no idea. Yeah, he goes, which was that? Or, or something? Oh, he, he just goes, oh. Um, and he says, I didn't love my neighbour. Um, yes, it, it was funny. It was good. It was well written. I mean, I have no other puns than that because it wasn't, it wasn't a dialogue episode at all. No. But okay, so what was your favourite pun? Bosom. <laughs> I've thought about that. So um, Ned writes Homer a very heartfelt letter um, from the noggin of Ned. From the noggin of Ned's. Is that a reference? Uh, on the top of his note paper, it says from the noggin. Oh, really? From, from the noggin with inverted commas of Ned. Oh, I bet you can buy that. I hope so. Um, but yeah, he says, like, from the bosom of my heart or something. And well, then... ho- well, Homer reads out this heartfelt letter to everyone around the table at breakfast or dinner. Um, and they're all laughing at it. Yeah. And then Marge tells him off, leaves the room, and has a giggle around the corner, which is hilarious. If hypocritical. Still hilarious. It's still, yes. Because that's what we're all thinking. We're like, <laughs> Marge is right. It is still funny. Yes. But, but he goes, uh, the letter says, I think of you as a brother and I love you. And that's what the Simpsons are laughing over. Mm. And I, I really like uh, whenever Ned Flanders is there, apart from later episodes following his bereavement, no spoilers, uh, he's usually used to show up how, um, I don't know, how peasanty they are. Mm. Um, in, a, in quite a nice way that they are rough around the edges and even Lisa whenever she's compared with the Flanders she is shown up to be boorish and yeah. speaks her mind and I, and I quite like that and it is, it's always and that's what they are it's it's fine mm. um, which I, you know I quite like uh, go on um, there was another gag that I liked because mm-hmm. um, Homer's a real jerk in this episode he's, he's even he's quite, really nasty but like, to the point yeah. where it's not he's even quite nasty to Marge in one line but I don't yeah. mind coming back to that um, but he's he's trying to get Bart to respect his his golfing club yeah. he's like give it a name and Bart calls it like Mr. Puss or something yeah. he's like no give it a girl's name mom <laughs> I laugh at that yeah and then he says no your, your Puss is called Charlene yes it was a really good scene uh, I also like, right at the beginning, uh, the, the whole setup is that Homer has to mow the lawn and he mentions that uh, Bart should be doing it. But Bart's doing a science experiment. And Bart's just sitting there at his desk reading a comic. And on the desk is a... It's a potato, isn't it? It's a potato in a measuring jug suspended above water with toothpicks or something. And he looks at his watch and picks up a piece of paper and just writes, 11.15, still just a potato. <laughs> Because that's the kind of experiment you recognise from TV programmes about American science fairs. We don't really have science fairs in this country. Mm. We don't have that idea that kids would go out and independently 
do some science for a competition. Or science is not a competition. Well, for any reason, the only science we learn is whatever is expressly taught to us in school. There's no independent. But I was yeah. told by my friends who went on to study science beyond um, secondary school sure. that everything they tell us is wrong. Oh yeah, well we in in education, you know, they we we are taught that everything you teach kids up until GCC level is is just a model. It's yeah. N- yeah, not not real at all. Makes me sad. Yeah, I like science, and I never went. Didn't have the brains to go further than that. Well, funnily enough, independently learning as an adult, I think is actually exciting because everything's an eye opener. Because yes, everything you thought to know is wrong. Everything. Everything is wrong. Um, At the end, Mm -hmm. when Homer and Ned both lose the bet. Did we say what bet? Oh yeah, the well, I was going to say that. So the bet was the loser of the no, the father of the boy who didn't win would have to mow each other's lawns. Why didn't they just use the word loser? Because nerds didn't like the use of the word loser, which yeah. I agree with. Yeah, <laughs> I was like fair point. Um, but as a result of that, they both had to wear their wife's Sunday church dresses. Yeah, Sunday best. Sunday best. I was thinking Marge is really thin. And Homer is not. No, no way Homer would have gone into that dress. Well, but also, every time we've seen them go to church, she has not worn that dress. Yeah, she wears a green one, doesn't she? Mm, usually. It's very, mm. very rare that they wear anything other than their default uniform. Yes, well, the dresses that he held up at one point and says, be honest, Marge, which one looks better? They were horrible Both dresses. horrible dresses. They were, you know, uh, a, a male um, cartoon sketches if you draw two interesting visually interesting dresses mm. one was polka dots and one was stripes it's like Marge oh, would never wear either of those and you'd only ever see Homer in drag Marge being served poorly once again quite also she wears a hairnet well, but not, it's not a hairnet she curlers but when she was in bed oh maybe it was the last episode she had because her hair is what three foot tall she had a bonnet covering her hair that went down to her ears. I've known ladies asleep in beds. I've never known anyone to put a, a hair covering in bed. The what, curlers I don't mind. What's Marge's hair coming to be if she was a real life person? Is it meant to be a beehive? It was oh. a beehive. You, I don't know. No, I don't think it is a beehive. I think it's a, a tight perm, but just in a shape I've never seen. <laughs> it's like a high top perm. so that there's no there's no real life comparison we could use for this there's no way we could understand how well it. you're inviting um, callers effectively because I'm sure I'm sure there is but well not on a Caucasian woman it, you know it, it is it is far cl- more closely related to you know African American hairdo yeah like an Afro hair yeah well like yeah a tight perm but really 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 tall Mm. It's unusual. You just put that kind of thing in like a Spike Lee movie, wouldn't you? Even then, <laughs> even even then, <laughs> I can't it. imagine it. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's an, it's it's definitely an unusual. Hope. Well, actually, I was thinking the same last week. I think it's meant to be a beehive. I think it's along those lines. Okay, but I was thinking the same about Holmes' hair when, in an impassioned speech, he referred to uh, being as bald as a billiard ball or whatever he said. Mm. And I thought, well, he's got those three hairs. I can't imagine one being bald, but with three 
four inch long hairs. Okay. Yeah, well, you know, in in the fact that these mm. are these are drawings that are not actually meant to represent. I guess he's meant to have male pattern baldness, isn't he? Yeah, but you'd think it'd be easier for him to have no hairs at all. It's not as funny, though, is it? It's not as funny. But that, but that's the point: is they are caric- caricatures, mm. not representational real life. What? I'm sorry to say. Also, they're yellow and they have three fingers, and um, apparently they can afford a piano in their home, despite their meagre possessions. Despite their meagre possessions. Uh, like John Lennon, isn't it? Why? What did he say about it? Uh, well, if you watch the video for Imagine, he's talking about Imagine No Possessions while strolling around a big house with a piano in it. <laughs> and being able to not get out of bed for a really long time. Yeah. You know, you can only have a loving if you don't have to turn up for work. That's true. You can afford this hotel room. Yeah. I like John Lennon. I like John Lennon. It, I think he meant well. <laughs> if, it, if it was a shame and maybe too soon to um, to rag on him. Maybe. But, you know. But uh, there, no. there was a pretentious stage as well. Um, the only Beatles not he died. What? <laughs> I just thought he had like, inter- yeah, artistic he, integrity. I, no, he died. I think three years before the Simpsons started. How could I? He just found himself. Yeah, he went to New York. So that's oh yeah. yeah. I bet someone read Catcher in the Rye or something like that. It's not too soon, is it? <laughs> no. no, I like John Lennon. Yeah, I, I like. Think I think he's a good guy. I like Catcher in the Rye. What's your point? Um, yeah. I, I read Catching the Rye and I didn't shoot a beetle. No, neither did I. That's good. No. Uh, did you read it at the right time in your life? Um, I was in my 20s. Oh, I didn't even read it when you were a teenager. Mm. But I, I read it um, after I read The Bell Jar. Oh, sure, sure. Um, and they're, they're a very good pairing. Very good pairing. Um, so, yeah, I recommend that. Uh, yes, I read it. Um, I think one of uh, my aunt or uncle from New Zealand visiting Britain asked if I'd ever read it, and I said no, and they gave me a copy. Oh, that's nice. And it was kind of at that right time. Mm. Yeah, I've heard it's the it's best to read it as a teenager. I think if I ever had a child, I'd give it to you. I'm willing to bet, and people can um, tell us now. If you re- read it now, you're in your thirties. It comes off as pretentious and. I, I, you know, because the language is about adolescence. The character is meant to be pretentious. Well, well, exactly. But I think now when you read it, it I bet it's, it's the same as. Um, I think I got that in my twenties. Yeah, but I can relate. Sure, I can empathise. Sure, but I, I think I think it's the same as Sartre. I think reading Sartre now would um, wind me up. Are we talking about Sartre's fiction stuff, or oh yes, 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 yes. I really like his fiction. I know, but I, I read it when I was seventeen, eighteen, and I'm just—I'm a very different person. I—I I read it in my twenties again, um, and I really liked it. Like I, I'm still a fan of Sartre and like, Camus and Simone de Beauvoir. I say that like, well, they're one of my favourite groups of authors. I really enjoy that kind of body of work. Sure, I mean, when I think of groups of authors, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think of. Oh, the, the, the French intellectuals. French intellectuals of the 60s. I think of the... The 40s? The, bloom, the blooming... Oh. Let's show you move on. Yes, we, we've overrun anyway. Yeah. Um, I've said everything in this episode. I liked it. Yeah, I really enjoyed it. It wasn't much for dialogue. And that didn't, it was... Yeah, it was... It, it was Better in a different way. Yeah. It was just kind of a tight, nicely observed, 
it a, cl- a simple story. Yeah. Right. So, uh, I, oh, we're going to go away and watch another one and then come back. Yeah, let's do it. So I won't say TCY, but you can't just... I don't even know what we're watching next. Let's go! And we're back in the room. So we just watched Bart versus Thanksgiving. Mm-hmm. In 10 seconds. Oh, damn it. Do you want to describe what went on? Of course. Okay. So they have a very slow, ponderous start of an episode where they go through some really trite jokes. Then uh, Bart accidentally destroys... Uh, Lisa's centerpiece that she's been working really hard on. Uh, he gets sent to his room, runs away, uh, sees how people live on the streets, and then comes back and apologises. Nailed it. Yeah. Um, now I've written here next to the episode, total dud. Uh, yeah, I would agree. This, uh, yeah. Um, Which brings it up to what two duds? I can't remember the first one, but you might be right. But I, do you know I. I don't forgive this one for being a dud, but I don't see how they could have done a Thanksgiving one without it being a dud. No. <laughs> Thank you. I think that's yeah. the problem with holiday specials, isn't it? Yeah. But, I mean, specifically Thanksgiving, which is... Um, there's nothing wrong with Thanksgiving, but the meaning behind it is kind of enforced um, showing gratitude almost in a kind of ancestor worship kind of way. It doesn't lend itself to um, great comedy... Or a happy ending. Well, I mean, it's had a happy ending, but sappy ending. Sap, yes, it is. It is. It, yeah, it lends itself to fairly sappy things. Mm. But I mean, there were a couple of laughs. There were a couple of laughs. Um, I liked the sign at the at the old folks' home. Oh, okay. Said, Thank you for not discussing the outside world. Yep, I quite liked that. Um, I thought you were going to say that you liked that we learnt that. Burns lives on the corners of Croesus and Mammon um, drives. Well, that reference went right over my head. Uh, Croesus is um, as in as rich as Croesus, who was a, a king in, uh, let's say, Greek times, ancient. Anyway, yeah. I'm looking at Alistair very blankly. Mm-hmm. Right it was a, it was a, a, almost a classic joke, but not really. Okay. Uh, one reference I did pick up was mm-hmm. a, uh, Lisa's poem. Um, oh, yeah. It's very similar to Howl by Allen Ginsberg. I did not did not appreciate that, but yeah, you're right. Yes, yes, uh, yes. Whilst in her room, suffering the indignance of having her centerpiece that she wrote a poem, and she was sat in a chair that you liked. <laughs> uh, it's not that I liked it; it's the fact that we had one at the same time, beginning of the nineties. It is an angled thing to sit upon, and then a inverted angle to rest the lower half of your legs on, and it's supposed to give you very big. Good posture. That's good. I do worry about the lower half of my legs. And the posture is in your back. But, yeah. Um, but, yes, I was like, oh, we're going to have one of those. Or I didn't. The family did. The family did. Yeah. You, you personally owned one. No, yes. Um, uh, I know I'm getting you for Christmas. Please. I, I think it would be, it's either that I have a, I'm quite tempted to have a standing desk. Yeah. So, so everything I do at the computer, I'm standing up when I do. I had a desk in, when I worked in New Zealand. Yeah. Uh, a desk with a crank on it, which meant you could raise it up and down as you please and once you go to a standing up desk you never go back yeah it's pretty great I yes if you can make this Edwardian um, desk into a, a crankable adjustable desk that would be amazing if one could probably knock 50% off the value it was only £45 to start with so probably still knock <laughs> £22.50 off it 
probably not going to sell it. I'm going to wear it into the ground. Yeah. Anyway, we've well, wear it into the into the sky. Clever, actually. Um, now, in the past, you have mentioned the fact that when we really digress, it might be an indicator that we don't want to talk about the episode. I was looking at the time. We've been recording for about four minutes now. Yeah, we're really early on. I hope we haven't touched a single one of my notes, and we're already. It it. It felt right at the beginning, okay, the, they had these little bits with each of the members of the family, and I thought, oh, this is just going to be... That opening a... was so slow, wasn't it? Yeah, the, yeah. The, yeah, the cold open just went... I, even by the time that Homer had gone to the old folks' home to pick up his dad, I was like, there's not going to be a plot, it's just going to be like a, a fly on the wall of The Simpsons, which mm. I can imagine them doing in the Golden Age, in another five series, really well. Yeah. But... Here, there was just, there was nothing. Mm. Um, and there were like weird setups for jokes that never really came through, like mm. Maggie clambering across a lot of dangerous, like sort of sparking plugs and dangerous looking toys, things like that. Yeah, and she, nothing yeah. Nothing really happened. Yeah, she went up the stairs and there was a skateboard on there, and there, it wasn't even, oh. There is a cartoon, it might be with a baby animal, or with animals looking after a baby, where the baby kind of goes across increasingly difficult terrain, and it always looks as though they're going to die. Mm. I used to have a video game called Sleepwalker, where you played a dog, uh-huh. and you had to look after his sleepwalking master. He I'd, would, he'd I'd, walk around the place, and you'd have to put out... I like, think I've seen a spiritual successor to that, okay. actually. Yeah. So... Maybe that's what they're going for, but it didn't pay off. It, it wasn't precarious enough or dangerous enough. And there was no payoff. Yeah, no payoff at all. Oh, um, Lisa's uh, centrepiece. Would you like to describe what that was? Um, it was a dedication to the women who made America great. Mm-hmm. I didn't recognise any of the names. Georgia O'Keefe is the artist that does vagina paintings that look like flowers. Okay, cool. Uh, Susan B. Anthony was a... Well, I, Second wave feminist or proto feminist? Okay, I don't know, but was a very um, forthright, yeah, a, a very forward-thinking feminist. Cool. Yeah, they put her on the dollar coin for a while. Oh, okay. But uh, it was a weird shape, and vending machines didn't accept it. Oh, no. And obviously, anything with women on, people reject and go, "I'll never get used to this." So they they cancelled it. Anyway, um, but and the, there was a third lady whose name I did not recognise. What's that weird beeping noise? That is my phone vibrating. Okay, we um, we're using my phone to time the episode. Cut it down, which will cut out. Um, yeah, and it, I know. Um, I I really liked Lisa's character now, I like but Lisa. this episode I really didn't. Like her poem, and she was like, I've got a poem to read. It's like, I, I kind of think that the Lisa we have now does have the social skills to know that her family don't want to hear a beat poem about how unjust she finds her life. It just, just, it was a bit holier than thou. I mean, it was good she didn't get to the line about the gaping arseholes. <laughs> is, is that, is that, yes, fair enough. I, I imagine it wouldn't have been in her version. You don't think? Mm-hmm. This is very, you know... We've grown up for our age. Yeah. But maybe not maybe not so much. Mm. Um, we... It was very moral, wasn't it? Yeah. But although, actually, they did get something right. Yeah. Okay. Because one of the, the basic things of the episode is that uh, Marge sends a Bart to his room. 
and they highlight the problem as the fact that she says, you ruined Thanksgiving. And I'm sure people say that all the time. It's not really that big a deal, you know. And he did ruin Thanksgiving. And he did, yeah, it was fair. But um, she said, you can only come out when you you apologise to your sister and you mean it. And this is what parents do. But you cannot make a child apologise and mean it. You can make them apologise. But even the child who's apologised to knows it. It It is something I see again and again and again. Is, and you know, not just parents, but professionals do it. Mm. Is making kids apologise and punishing them until they say "I'm sorry." Oh, but in this, at the end, Lisa says to him, well, "The only reason to apologise is if you think you've done something wrong." And the way that he realises very quickly after that that he did, and then he apologises, is a bit too quick. Mm. But it was quite nice that yeah, that that's the only reason to apologise, not because you're made to. It's only worth making a joke if you mean it. I like that. That I liked. That is a a, a, a decent yeah. message. When I work with kids, I instead of making them apologise, well, I explain to them why apologising is useful. But if they don't want, to, I say I'm sorry that so and so kicked you, and you know, and move on, rather than kind of enforce this, um, you know, awful. Ugh. Anyway, insincerity. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, I feel a little. Uh, lacklustre mm. after after that oh there was another line that bugged me mm-hmm. when Bart was having like some crazy dream sequence yeah and then all the characters are blaming him for their faults mm-hmm. and then Maggie Maggie has a voice and goes it's your fault I can't talk the, the elephant in the room really right? jarring I've used my elephant in the room logo for that line oh nice uh, I can see the joke though that she you know uh, for her role in the cartoon as a cartoon that's the only complaint she could have. If every character has to have a complaint, but but it, like it, it is the first time we hear her talk because I know that by the episode Ma- uh, Maggie's first word, there are tons of times that she's spoken. Oh really? Um, yeah. So like in Tom and Jerry, it's weird when you hear them talk. Mm-hmm. It's weird when you hear the cook talk in, in <laughs> Tom and Jerry because that didn't stand the test of time. No. Um, I have got one other thing that oh. I, I liked in this okay. episode. Your, is this your, your uh, best gag or just best point? Best visual gag, probably. Okay, okay. Um, they're watching like a Thanksgiving parade on the telly. Yep. And there's all these like old cartoons that Bart doesn't recognise, like Bullwinkle. Rockin' Bullwinkle, yep. yep. And then um, Homer says they can't just let any old like rubbish cartoon character in the parade. And whilst he says it, there's... Bart balloon going in the background. Oh, I, I, I kind of felt they set it up too much. Like the conversation was maybe four or five lines of dialogue for that payoff, mm. and I was like, because because it wasn't that. it wasn't going to go anywhere else. Where if it was two lines of dialogue, I, I, yeah, oh no, I didn't. Sorry, <laughs> um, I enjoyed it. And you're, maybe you can hate on my one. <laughs> but when Homer's in the car going to pick up his dad, he's listening to the, the parade on the radio or the game on the radio or whatever, and they go, okay, now we've got the hooray for everyone. Uh, and they go, we're going to do a tribute to the greatest hemisphere, hemisphere on Earth, the Western Hemisphere, the dancingest he- hemisphere on Earth. And I quite like that. Just because, you know, <laughs> it's really, <laughs> almost because of the... the uh, grand pettiness of, of go celebrate the best hemisphere. The best whole hemisphere. Um, I quite liked that. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all I've got. I mean, that's literally all my notes. I mean, you, normally, I have some spare notes at the end mm. to start fires with, but... This. Oh, no, actually. Uh, the first time we've met um, 
Marge's mum. Marge's mum, who was a good character, I thought. Yeah, so she turned up much? Or does she die at any point? Well, we'll find out. We'll find I can't out. remember. I can't remember her dying, but I know we only see her very rarely. That's weird. It might be because um, Mar. Uh, who is it who plays Marge? Yeah, quite. Well, she also plays the mum, and the voices are so similar that I don't know. It's it's a little bit disappointing that you that you're so reminded that it is an actor mm. giving lines because their voices are are just too similar. Um, Say something nice, but I won't. Yes, yes, she has a, a an aching throat, which doesn't stop her making numerous um, criticisms. Yes, but when she's going to say something nice and comforting, she says, "I but my voice." <laughs> Who knows whether that got picked up on the mic? Um, yeah, but but that's it. That's that's all, all we got. We had oh. Kent Brockman doing a news reports. <sighs> Not yeah, really worth yeah. mentioning. It wasn't funny enough to. It's exactly the same as something else I was talking about. I can't remember what. Not funny enough to be funny. Not meaningful enough to be meaningful. That's a. I think that's a good way to just sum up the episode. Yeah. Should we just sum this? Should we just round this off? Yeah. Sorry, guys. Finish on a low. But <laughs> next week, I'm, I'm sure we'll be back on form. We don't uh, even know what episode mm, next week. But, but it's got to be better than this one. We're heading towards Christmas though, because we've just had obviously Halloween. Halloween, not, not that long ago, I just want an episode that's not a holiday episode. Yeah. Alright, well, speak to you soon. TTYN. <laughs>